heaven. Thank you today for your many blessings. We enter your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. Thank you for your great work of intercession for us in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. Thank you for the signs that are foretelling your coming is even at the doors. May we be found prepared and getting others ready. And for this reason, we come, we gather for this midday power surge. Pour out your spirit upon us, revive us, reform us, is our prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Greetings, salutations. Welcome to this midday power surge, Sunday, March 15th, 2020. Your spiritual oasis on this pilgrim journey. Welcome one, welcome all to this midday power surge. Jules, Fiona, Purple, Nordia, all right, friends, it's rolling. Lucas, Francis, Nicholas, it's rolling. Delrio, David, all right, friends, welcome one, welcome all. Revelation 12, verse 17, has been our series addressing God's remnant seed. And I want to move right into this midday power surge by sharing this fact, this biblical fact. The destruction of Sodom, yes, my friends, the destruction of Sodom is a type of the destruction of this world. Christ confirms that in Luke chapter 17, verse 28 through verse 32. As it was in the days of Lot, in Sodom, so shall it be just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Is that point clear, friends? As fire and brimstone devoured and destroyed Sodom, Gomorrah, and those three other cities, so fire, brimstone, even hell's fire, will destroy this earth and those who are unrepentant. And by God's grace today, my friends, we do not want to be found in an unrepentant condition. We want to have godly compunction for sin. All right. So as the destruction of Sodom was a type of destruction for this world, that simply means that Abraham and Lot, yes, friends, Abraham's family, Lot's family were types and samples examples of God's remnant seed for these last days. Does that make sense, my friends? Oh, yes. It's clear as day. Now let's move on. And what does Christ say in Luke chapter 17 and verse 32? He says, remember Lot's wife. All right, friends. What does a woman typify in scripture, in prophecy? Come on, friends, in the forum. Fiona, River, Diane, Francis, Yvonne, it, okay, Anselm, it points to a church. Remember Lot's wife, remember Lot's church. Those in his home. And what we're seeing here, that Abraham represents what God's remnant seed, God's remnant men, God's remnant husbands, God's remnant fathers, God's remnant young men are to do. 
In contrast, what Lot did is what God's remnant seed and men are not to imitate. If that's clear, my friends, send in the amens. All right. Remember Lot's wife. Remember the church. Lot's church. All right, friends. Before I get into that, I want to share with you a short story regarding Lot's wife at the close of this midday power surge. So stay tuned. Let's take a look now at Luke chapter 21, verse 25 through verse 28. Jesus says that just before his second advent, that there will be a pandemic of fear. What, my friends? A pandemic of fear. Men's hearts feeling them for fear. And then we will see the second coming of Jesus Christ. And one of those primary things leading to and causing a pandemic of fear is the COVID-19, coronavirus, pestilences, novel viruses. All right. In that context, because we're not here only and merely to talk about current events. Oh, no. That's not what midday power surge is for. In that same context of Luke 21, 25 through 28, pandemic of fear, Christ outlines the work of preparation. Do you want to see it, my friends? It's in verse 34 through verse 36. That is your homework. The work of preparation, verse 34 through verse 36. Friends, will you read it prayerfully? If so, send in the amens, my friends. All right. And what does that say? Take heed, lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this world. So that they overtake you as a what? A surprise, unawares, for as a thief shall it come upon all those who dwell upon the earth. Then verse 36, Christ now says, watch and pray how often, always, that you may be accounted worthy to stand in that day of crisis, to stand before the Son of Man. That's talking about in the, in the time, in the work of investigative judgment, to stand while the unrepentant will be running. To what? The rocks. To what? The mountains. And what will they be saying? Fall on us and hide us from the face of him. The wrath of the Lamb of God. All right, friends. Put this point down. Throughout scripture, the Bible tells us when people are fearful, they become tormented. Tormented. And the Bible is telling us this torment is caused by evil spirits. Does that make my does that make sense? Write down 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 18. In a pandemic of fear, normally people relinquish liberties, give up their rights, and this is what is going on now. Just as we see President Trump declaring a national emergency to combat coronavirus. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. All right, friends. 
And in this national emergency declared in America, in essence, what are surrendered by the people? Their civil liberties. There it is, my friends. Their civil liberties. Due to what? A pandemic of fear. Ah, friends, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And all throughout the gospel, when individuals were tormented, they were tormented by what? Evil spirits. Note that, friends. Evil spirits. And what is said of Babylon in Revelation 18, verse 2 and verse 3? Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, evil spirit, the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Here's my point, friends. In a time of pandemic of fear, Regarding pestilences, people are willing now to drink the wine of Babylon. Verse 3, accepting church and state union and what church and state union birth. What they say, the people must accept to combat the calamities. Is that clear, my friends? And that's what we're told in Revelation 18, verse 2 and verse 3. Take a look at this. Here it is, my friends. Church State Union to combat COVID-19. The America Jesuit Review Magazine, March 14, says... In Italy, church and state join together to fight coronavirus. Friends, when people are in a pandemic of fear, 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 says they are tormented. Does that make sense? Tormented. And normally, when people are in, a, in, in fear, they just give up their rights and accept whatever is presented to them. That's what we're now seeing. They will accept church state union. But what does Jesus say? Perfect love, 1 John 4, cast out all fear. And Jesus says, same author, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. The pandemic of fear will lead people to go against God's Ten Commandments, when church-state union is fully cemented and enforced Sunday rest, Sunday worship by law. If that makes sense, my friends, send in the amens. Look at the screen. Church-state union. And what did Mr. Trump declare? For today, March 15th, a national day of prayer to combat coronavirus crisis it's there my friends now coronavirus those of you in the forum what liquor what wine is connected to the term corona talk to me my friends in the forum it's corona beer and before i get to corona beer i want to say this what is connected to A, B, C? Stores that sell liquor. A, B, C, fine wine. 
and spirit. What spirit is this, my friends? That envelops people who drink liquor. Evil spirit. Look at this, my friends. We are told in the book Evangelism, the wine of Babylon, from Revelation 14, 8, chapter 18, 2 through verse 4, is nothing but Sunday worship by law. The wine of Babylon, my friends, they are tormented accepting the wine. All right, friends, there it is. ABC, find wine and spirits. What spirit is this? From Babylon. And what is Babylon serving? In chapter 14 of Revelation and verse 8, what is she serving, my friends? Wine. Chapter 18, 2 through verse 4, wine. And what is that wine, my friends? The natural immortality of the soul and sunder worship by law. If that's clear, my friends, send in the amens. There it is. March 11, 2020, pals host coronavirus-themed party with hazmat suits and corona beer. Now they think it's a joke, friends. Look at this now. Another March 7, 2020, Americans say they won't drink corona beer because of coronavirus. However, sales are up 5% anyway. That's clear, friends. And now we are seeing the very drastic measures, the draconian policies to combat pestilences, to combat COVID-19, those same and even more draconian policies, drastic measures are going to be used to combat climate change. Why do I say that? Because they are telling us, the Pope, his allies, the media, church leaders are telling us that coronavirus is being caused by climate change, deforestation, etc. Do you see it? So now while they're calling for, while they have declared a national emergency to combat coronavirus, pestilences, expect a national emergency to combat climate change. And what do people, citizens, have to give up in a national emergency? Their civil liberties. So what would they have to surrender, relinquish, in a national emergency to combat climate change? Their liberties. So what's going to happen when Sunday becomes the law of the land? As Mr. Trump declared today, March 15th, Sunday, a national day of prayer. You can honor God's seventh-day Sabbath. You must surrender that and, under and honor Sunday rest by law. Can we see what's coming? And a national emergency will also be declared as a global emergency. Global emergency for, for coronavirus. Global emergency for climate change. Here it is, my friends. The link between climate change and coronavirus. So 
Talk about this connection between climate crisis and the coronavirus. We're not hearing very much about this. Well, we know in a general sense that climate, the climate crisis is resulting in tens of thousands of wild species moving into new places. Bats. It's scrambling our migration Ooh. patterns. Um, and so that's going to Let's move on. Notice here, friends. And what is the man of sin calling for? To be enacted to combat climate change? Sunderest my law. Look at this. How does coronavirus connect to climate change? Look at this, my friends. New York Times, March 13, 2020. Breaking news. Headline, social distancing? Hmm. You might be fighting climate change too. Isolation and other shifts in behavior during the coronavirus outbreak could also alter our greenhouse gas emissions. But will the changes stick? So not only social distancing, but you must change your behavior. And what does this mean? You must rest. Because as nations are resting now, nations and people are being quarantined. No work in factories. No driving on the highways in communities. They're now telling us we are now combating climate change. What day will they tell us? Everyone must rest on Sunday. We must change our behavior. Come back. It says, my friends, it says, as soon as the environment becomes stable again, the habit starts to reassert itself. Unless, blue words, unless there is a powerful reward. A powerful reward to the new behavior. What will that be? Combat climate change. Red words, never waste even a tragic crisis. New York Times, March 13, 2020. Let's move on. Pollution levels fall in Italy. There it is, my friends. Because of quarantine, because the nations are now resting, my friends, they are now telling us we are combating climate change. Is a Sunday law near, friends? <laughs> Look at this. There it is, my friends. Coronavirus satellite data shows Italy's pollution plummet amid COVID-19 lockdown. Look at this now. The Guardian, March 10th, it says, watch carefully, responses to outbreak also show how government policy, that's number one, Number two now, and behavioral changes can have impact. Governments should act with the same urgency on climate as on the coronavirus. Hmm. That, that means what we're now seeing in these policies to combat this pestilence, friends, is just the tip of the iceberg. They are going to use these policies to combat climate change is sunder rest by law here take a look friends the virus has emptied the streets of china's megacities and manufacturing has slowed drastic quarantine measures implemented by chinese authorities have resulted in significantly cleaner air as this graphic from the world meteorological organization shows china is now emitting 25 percent less greenhouse gas a small victory against global warming 
We've seen with the drastic measures that China has taken with regard to Corona that emissions have gone down seriously. So people are working from home, manufacturing has slowed down. So these are the kinds of drastic measures that we will have to take for climate change and it's better to do it kind of sooner rather than later because it'll be more painful the longer we wait. What are these drastic measures? Look at this now. China may be beating the coronavirus at a painful cost. Beijing says its heavy-handed measures are working. What did Beijing do? China, look at this, my friends. China says the trend proves, the trend proves that its containment measures which include a lockdown on nearly 60 million people and strict quarantine and travel restrictions for hundreds of millions of citizens and foreigners are working. And what did President Trump and VP Mike Pence say? They are contemplating not only restricting travel from Europe, and other continents, but restricting domestic traveling. Oh, friends. Can you see it? And the common good began where? In China. Of course, the Vatican. But China is the best implementer of the common good. Can you see it, my friends? Can you see it? All right. Notice here, friends. Here it is. Again, the same similar policies. Beloved, I want to close right here. I want to close on this point. And the point I want to close on is simply this short story about Lot's wife. Why do I say that? When you look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 9 through verse 18, the Bible tells us that there's going to be a pandemic of fear in the last days. And this fear will be driving and leading people to form a working synergy, a confederacy. But Jesus says, don't fear you what they're fearing. Fear God. Give glory to him. The hour of his judgment is come and worship him who is the creator. Don't fear what they fear. And the Bible says in verse 18 of Isaiah chapter 8, we are to prepare our children by binding up the testimony and sealing God's law among his disciples. That should be our work now as the remnant seed, the remnant children. Does that make sense? And verse 18 says, we should be able to say these words. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are here for signs and wonders. But wait a minute. What happened to Lot's children? What happens to Lot's church? What happened to Lot's wife? With that in mind, listen carefully. 